Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Tampa Bay Lightning lose Braden Point. They get a game misconduct on Alex Kalorn. They have to kill off a five-minute major. They have a three-on-five against them and several other penalties. And they still win 2-1 to one on Nikita Kucherov's goal with seven seconds left in the game. We're going to break all of that down for you, game two of their Eastern Conference final against the Islanders. And Mike Evans, he mispracticed again with a hamstring injury. Bruce Arian says he could be a game-time decision should the Bucks start worrying about that. And we've got all that and more in this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Steve, we'll get to the hockey. Uh, boy, I tell you, we were about – I was thinking overtime, man. <laughs> it's late enough when we do these podcasts, but this one could have been a breakfast edition, the way it was going. Yeah, well, you know, as a producer, so you're always planning ahead. So I was already dealing with the studio as far as, you know, okay, here's what we're going to do if we go to overtime mm-hmm. and – Remember, it's only a 15-minute intermission instead of 18 minutes, and you're planning all that stuff, and then all of a sudden Michigan yells, score! <laughs> um, so I, to be honest, I didn't see the, the play live because I was prepping for overtime because it was, you know, you're less than 15 seconds at that point as you're counting down. So, yeah. um, But uh, what an ugly, ugly, ugly game. Yeah. That was, it was not hard to a watch. fun game to watch. No, it was hard. It was hard. I found myself getting dizzy. Uh, maybe there's a lot of reasons for that that are not related to hockey. Um, I was sober. I was I was riding a lot, but I I just everybody was pinball like that. The puck was pinballing around everywhere. You know what I mean? There was no there was no space. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the Islanders kind of, which was what they intended to do. You know, they they muddied the game up a little bit, and of course, a number of fights and and, and too many penalties for the Lightning. Lightning can't take that many penalties and expect to win. But again, I thought Andre Vasilevsky played huge. And for losing players like Kalorn um, and, and, of course, getting Braden Point hurt, which we can talk about, I mean, they were really they were really thin out there, and they got some, some really good efforts uh, from a lot of guys. And, you know, a lot of guys had to play a lot of time. Victor Hedman played a lot. Yeah, so the Lightning went with the 11 forward, 7 uh, defenseman lineup again, which they've done uh, ever since game two in the Boston series, the first game McDonough missed. And so right. you already now are explain, short of ex- Explain that. Explain mm-hmm. the, the, the theory behind doing that. So there's uh, John Cooper's done this a lot in his career. If you remember back in the 2015 playoff run, most of those games he went 11 and 7. And, and here's what it does for you. And and Kevin Shattenkirk talked about this uh, on on Tuesday. Uh, we had a conversation with Jason Cullimore on Wednesday and, and talked about mm-hmm. it too. So instead of having four lines of three forwards, mm-hmm. you've got three lines of three, and then you've got another two. Mm-hmm. So with that that set of two, you can double shift guys. So maybe right. Braden Point takes a shift with them, and then Anthony Sorelli does, and then Nikita Kucherov does, and it gets your forwards 
out on the ice more. It gets them more mm-hmm. ice time and, and, and gets them away from matchups because a lot of times, you know, take take the point Kucherov Palat line. Right. So whether it's Boston or Columbus or now the Islanders, they're going to try to put their best defensive line against that line because you don't sure. want that line to beat you. Sure. And so you're generally your best defensive line is going to cause that line some problems. And, you know, it's sometimes it's going to be good for Point and, and Kucherov and Plot. They're going to be in the offensive zone. Other times they're not. But at the times, especially when they're bottling you up, getting Kucherov out on another shift or point or whoever it is, it gets more players out. And the reason they went to this last week when McDonough was hurt is so you had two guys in, in Braden Coburn and Luke Shen who hadn't played since the restart. Mm-hmm. And so instead of trying to throw them in and get 20 minutes a game or whatever, let's put seven defensemen out there and split up the minutes a little bit and put Luke Shen in, in the best positions to, to, for him to succeed by his skill set and Braden Coburn and, and Shattenkirk and everyone else. And so it gives you an extra defenseman to kind of roll and, 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 and kind of match up things to on, on that end as well. And it mm-hmm. kind of protected them. And Cooper, like I said, in his career has done this quite a bit. It's not in the last couple years he hasn't done it as much. And if and if Steven Stamkos was healthy, he wouldn't be doing it now. You know, part of it is is so does that does double shifting Kucherov or Point or Tyler Johnson or Sorelli or which you know, and it varies throughout the game. It's not the same person every time. Is that better than Mitchell Stevens or Carter Verhage for your team mm-hmm. in the matchup? And at this point, it is working, and so. You know, getting them on the ice more. I mean, Mitchell Stevens and Carter Verhage are nice players, and they're good players, and I like them. But would you rather they're young have guys too? They're, they're mm-hmm. young guys, and, and they're going to get better. But would you mm-hmm. rather have Point and Kucherov playing more, or them in your lineup? And that's kind of what it's come down to, and it's working, and it's even rolling the defensemen that way too. And and so you can kind of roll defensive lines and not you know get married so much into you know Headman and and and. And Shattenkirk are out all the time, or McDonough and Chernak. You know, you're kind of rolling those lines too. So, and it makes it hard for the other team to match up against you. But it, you have to manage it on your side. I mean, Boston tried to do that against the Lightning for a game, and it it was a disaster for them. That was the seven to one game. They tried to win eleven seven. It did not work at all. You know, you have to. You know, part of what helps with Cooper is, like I said, <clears throat> even in the minors, he was doing this a lot, and then he did it a lot earlier in his career. Now. Of late, they've had so many good forwards on this team. You don't always, you don't want to go eleven seven. You've got twelve really good forwards. And if Stamkos was healthy, you wouldn't be doing this, because you know if you put Stamkos in, who you're taking out? There's not one forward you want to take out. But injuries, you know, kind of force this. Stamkos is out, and then when McDonough went out, so it really helps the Lightning. They like the matchups. They like to roll the lines, and, it, and you know, you start throwing out combinations that the other team doesn't, you know, isn't prepared for. And isn't ready for, and so it can it can kind of spur some offense. And we know John Cooper likes to change lines up anyway. I mean, if something's not working, he's not afraid to change lines mid game, any time, mid period, for that matter. Is you know he's not one to sit there and go, well, this line's worked in the past. It's struggling for the last couple of games. I'm just going to stick with it. That's not that's not his style at all. Right, and all of that sounds good and works, except then when you get guys tossed from the game or well. somebody hurt, is <laughs> a case where. Uh, and then, then you're causing guys to play a lot of minutes, so they had to grind it out. I mean, there was there were some really good efforts uh, in this game. Um, yeah. By the way, that, you know, that Alex Kalorn penalty that was a bad penalty. Yeah, you can't take that's, that. That's a bad hit. That's a and, and I know the Lightning bench didn't like the call, but that was the right call. It, it wasn't as 
I don't think it was as egregious as the one on Gord in the Boston series. Oh, I didn't either. I didn't either. But it's 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 still a five minute penalty, and it still warrants a game misconduct in my book. I mean, it's it's you're hitting an unsuspecting player and, and throwing him into the boards. You know, although they didn't give the Boston Bruins a game misconduct, right? On the hit on uh, Yanni Gord, I can't remember. I don't think they did. I don't believe he did. No. Yeah. And, and I that had, was and, and to be honest, I mean, you know, but but by getting the game misconduct, he's probably not going to be suspended. Although I think the right. league's going to take a look at it and they may have a call, but he essentially yeah. missed a whole game yeah. because of it. And Nelson came back too, which which helps in that regard. <laughs> Nelson so. came back, got hit again. Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't like that hit that Goodrow gave him either. I know that was bad. I mean that that was that was that was a cheap shot. I, I don't think Kalorns was meant to be cheap. Right. I think it was just really late, and and I think. You know, he wants to make an impact. The game was getting physical. It's a penalty, and, and I thought it was warranted, but the Goodrow one was a little cheap. And then Nelson high-sticked Maroon into the net and didn't get, you know, you know right. he wasn't called for that either. So there was all kinds of penalties all over the place missed tonight. Well, the game started the way I think everybody expected um, the Islanders to come out. I mean, after being, you know, embarrassed 8-2, to two, and they were a tired team, they got a little bit of rest. They got the day in between. And you knew those first five minutes, the Lightning had said it, were going to be, you know, a real check. And they, they took the lead right away. I mean, it was they did exactly what they wanted. They dominated ice time uh, in their zone, and, and they get the lead, and it's one to nothing. And you're thinking, you know, oh, boy, you know, here, here comes their wave now. Uh, and then the penalties. You just can't, you know, mentioned, you mentioned Kalorn. I mean, you just can't put your hockey team in that situation Credit the penalty kill was phenomenal. I mean, I don't know how you can do any better than to kill off, you know, the five-minute uh, major. And then at one point, um, they had a five-on-three for, for thirty-eight about a seconds. Thirty-eight, seconds. 38 that's, seconds. That's yeah. that's that's not insignificant time. I mean, no. you know, it's not a full power play for two minutes, but but five-on-three for thirty-eight seconds. They killed that. They killed off both sides of it too. I mean, they didn't give up right. any power play goals tonight. So right, very few shots even on the power play, and so. That really won them the game, and, and of course, the biggest part of your power play is your goaltender, who had another outstanding night. Uh, the reaction after the game, I thought that the players had toward Vasilevsky kind of you know said it all. He didn't have as many chances, twenty seven, twenty eight chances, something like that, or saves, mm-hmm. um, but there were some key ones there in a, in a, in a one goal game that you know clearly, if you fall behind two to one, that that thing's probably going to end that way, and in fact, it did. You know when uh, when Kucherov. Um, you know, got the game winner with what seven seven seconds left. Yeah, eight point eight official. Actually, they added was some it eight point eight? They added okay. some time on the clock before they started. But well, and listen, the, one of the guys that I think is playing huge in this whole series, and really, the in, in I think you know just since they started the playoffs, is uh, McDonough. I th- think he's been phenomenal. He's been he's been very good. I mean, you know, he he missed a couple games with the injury and in that. Uh, right. I thought Hedman was fantastic. Well, Hedman steering it, yeah. Um, and he's now one off the NHL playoff record for uh, uh, goal streaks for a defenseman. He's got goals in four straight games. The record's five by Paul Coffey in 1983. Um, but I, I really thought his goal at the end of the first period, what with the minute 35 to oh, go, it was I deflating. Believe, it was so deflating for the Islanders. Because the yeah. Islanders dominated that first period. And, 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 oh, totally. and in part, just the way they came out, the early goal, much like Braden Point had the early goal on game one. Right. They right. had a goal. What, uh, Braden Point was, I think, a minute 14, and this one was a minute 24 in. Um, yep. and, and then they kill off the five-minute power play, but 
the Islanders still were kind of controlling play. And then Hedman gets that goal under two minutes to go in the period. And to go in that locker room after, you know, you were outshot 13-4 to in the first period. You didn't play very well. You, you, you knew they were going to be a lot better, and they were. Uh, they were. This is what Islanders hockey is is much more like than it was the other night. And but to go in that locker room one one, down Alex Kalorn, who what six minutes into the game was tossed, and it turns out Braden Point only took a shift or two in the second period, and you probably knew that you know he had an issue at that point in the locker room. But to be one one at that point was so key for that team and and, and for the game tonight. As I think you go down one nothing, or even if you had given up another goal in the, in the first period, it would have been a tough sled to get, come back. The hardest thing to do if the Lightning go all the way will be trying to figure out who wins the Conn Smythe Award or trophy because all they, there's so many candidates. I mean, point up until the point where he got hurt. Kucherov's been phenomenal, but I'm kind of with you. I think I think Victor Hedman has kind of controlled this series on both both ends of the ice. Well, and, and you know if you follow hockey Twitter. And a lot of the the writers and people covering hockey, it's you know, it's becoming very apparent that many of them believe that Hedman's the best defenseman in the game, right? And and just the way he, you know, not only plays defense but can skate, can shoot, can I mean he does it all, and he does it. He just looks great doing it too. I mean he's just so smooth, smooth on the ice too. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you and, never and, feel like they're out of control when he's on the ice, and it feels like he's on the ice all the time. And he did play, I think, twenty six minutes. Yeah, no, he, I mean, he he generally leads the team in minutes. Sometimes uh, Ryan McDonough will, but I'm looking at the score sheet here tonight. Yeah, 26-04, the next highest player was, uh, what, Pilat at almost 22 minutes. So he was, oh, mm-hmm. Kucherov at 22 and a half minutes. But, and, of course, mm-hmm. when you only have nine forwards for two-thirds of the game, your forwards are going to get a lot more ice time. So Right. Because you essentially only have three lines at that point instead of four. Right. So, so how deflating would this be? So, you, you know, you're the Islanders, and you haven't been this far in, in uh, forever. And so, you know, you start out a tired team. You get blasted 8-2. to two, You come back with, by far, uh, the effort that you hope to have. And then, you know, with about eight seconds or so, you, you give up the game winner, and you're down 2-0, which means now you've got to win, what, four out of five, which is hard to do under any circumstance, much less this one. So, I mean – I guess if they were to win on Friday, you'd have a series. You could say you have mm-hmm. a series now. Um, and a lot of it will probably depend, Steve, I guess, on the health of the Lightning. I mean, if they continue to lose key players, it's not going to be easier for them. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Braden Point's availability. I think, you know, is Alex Kalorn going to be suspended for a game, mm-hmm. uh, potentially in game three? But, look, this loss has to be much more demoralizing than the game one loss. For sure, I mean, for sure. If there ever was a scheduled loss, and you know, you can look at the schedule sometimes, and you'll see based on travel and games and this mm-hmm. that there, sometimes during the season there's some there's a scheduled loss. Right. If there ever was one in the playoffs, you know that 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 one for the Islanders was. Sure. And, and you know, yes, it was embarrassing eight to two, but it's as everyone said, it's, it's one, one game. game. The Islanders came out in game two and did exactly what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. They were controlling the game. The Lightning had no space early in that game. They get an early goal to take the lead, and and, and they can't end up you know locking it down by the end of the game and end up losing two to one, um, and at in the last ten seconds at that, that that's got to be. I mean that's that's a much worse loss for them than eight to two. I mean yes, it's embarrassing, but you know players know it's one game, and you know now you're down two zero in the series. You got to win four out of five to advance. Um, you know, against the Lightning, who many believe are the best team remaining in the playoffs, that's a tough mm-hmm. that's a tough order for them. I mean, 
yeah, I mean, to me, that's much more deflating than the first loss. Yeah, for sure. So they'll have to bounce back. The Dallas-Las Vegas series is now tied 1-1. Vegas got game two. They'll play game three tonight. Um, so, you know, that that series may be extended as well. It, it was a, you know, it was a, it was a fun I mean, it was a fun result if you're a Lightning fan, but you're right. It wasn't It wasn't great viewing. And the best thing we could say about it is they didn't go overtime, although they haven't lost an overtime game, you know, um, since they started the playoffs, which is which is a good thing. But um, They've won nine games since the restart by one goal. One goal, yeah. That mm-hmm. is so, and Phil Esposito talked about it in the postgame. That just shows you how different this Lightning team is than years in the past. Right. You know, they, they would not struggle in one-goal games, but not dominate like that. I mean, they, there would be games they'd be winning 6-2 to two all the time. Right. And then when you get into those those tight battles, maybe it was 50-50. But this year, I mean, they've won nine. They're, what, 12-3 and three since the restart. Nine mm-hmm. of those wins are by one goal. They've come from behind. They've had to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, they, they, they're pretty much, you know, just winning time. And And how many in a row? Is this now seven games in a row, I think, in the playoffs? Let's see, two and then uh, four in a row against Boston, well, six in a row. Six in a row, okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so they're going for their seventh straight. That's incredible. That's, that's, that's a pretty good, pretty good amount of momentum there. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Little news with the, uh, the Buccaneers. And I, you know, I'm getting mixed messages about this. You know, we didn't see. Mike Evans on the field on Tuesday, but Tuesday's Tuesday was kind of a bonus day, if you will. You know, most weeks teams come in and the players are off on Tuesday. Um, they come in Monday and do some weight training and things like that after a game. They're off Tuesday, and really your week starts on Wednesday. But the Bucks started their week after the Labor Day weekend on Tuesday. Kind of had an extra day, so not a big deal that Evans wasn't practicing. I mean. Um, you know, you figured he had something that was bothering him, but uh, he didn't seem stressed. There wasn't any, you know, any wraps or anything on his body. So, uh, but then when he didn't practice on Wednesday and the first injury report came out um, and he, in fact, has a hamstring injury, soft tissue, as uh, Bruce Arians would call it, now you're like, okay, um, this will be a big day for Mike Evans. You know, typically players that uh, are going to play you know, especially with hamstrings and things like that, they'll practice by Thursday, maybe sometimes Friday, but you rarely see them, you know, go the entire week. Now, you know, Evans, because of this, you know, no preseason and all these workouts, they've sort of been game planning, you know, for the New Orleans Saints, you know, for the last, you know, three, four weeks. So whatever game plan they're going to install, I mean, he can run it. He knows the, he knows what he's supposed to do. So it's just a question of health. Um, I kind of I had somebody tell me with the Bucks that it, that it was not that bad that you know that this was sort of giving you know being overly cautious with receivers especially this time of year before you start the season, but I got to believe that if there is 
any sense of, you know, of pain in that hamstring or tightness. Um, by the time they get to, you know, New Orleans on uh, on Sunday, uh, that you would you would err on the side of caution because the one thing you don't want to do with a hamstring, you put a guy out there, and even though it's the biggest game of the year because it's the first one, and it's the Saints, your biggest rival, and all of that. You know, Tom Brady's first game, you'd, you'd love to have him. But if you if you put him out there and he's not ready and he gets really injured, you could lose him for a month, month and a half, and that's what you don't want to do. Um, so it will change obviously how they have to attack. It would change how the Saints are able to defend you. Obviously, they could then you know roll a lot of coverage towards Chris Godwin's side. Um, Justin Watson is listed as the backup for Mike Evans um, outside, and and of course you'd see. Plenty of Scotty Miller too. I mean, those are their, you know, their four main receivers with Chris Godwin. So um, they've got guys, but those other two guys, even though they've looked good in training camp, really haven't done much uh, in the NFL. So you might have to lean a little more on your tight end position as receivers. Um, you're going to see, you know, their base offense includes Gronkowski and OJ Howard. So um, you'd probably see them. And you know, we talked to Rob Gronkowski, and he said that. Uh, you know, when stuff like this happens, other people, you know, have to step up and they're prepared to do it. And, you know, it's uh, it, it's not ideal. But I still think that we're going to see Mike Evans probably practice um, maybe before they get on the plane on Saturday. And, um, you know, because it, it'd be a shame if he wasn't able to go in this game. This is this is such a big game. It was fun. Uh, talk to uh, Sean Payton. I'll tell this little story because I thought it was really funny. He uh you know, Peyton's a great interview, and 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 of course they the Bucks and and Saints have had you know kind of a rivalry, even though it's one sided, and the Saints have won the division three years in a row. But they obviously know what the Bucks have done, you know, in getting Brady and 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 also attracting Gronkowski and Leonard Fournette and Shady McCoy and all these guys. And so, you know, what what Peyton said was, you know, the thing you got to be wary of is in addition to the talent. Um, that those guys all are. It's just that Brady, the presence of Brady is going to rise the expectation level and, and it's going to, it's going to make other players around him better. And so that's, that's sort of the unknown. You can't really account for that. You can look at the names on the, on the, you know, on the scorecard and resumes and things and, and understand they're more talented, but you don't know how much better the other guys that are on that team are going to play. Uh, and, you know, and, and that, that filters over to the defense as well. What he doesn't know as well is that he's trying to figure out, as we all are, what the Bucks' offense will look like under Tom Brady because, you know, it's Bruce Arians' offense, which you will have to prepare for, but then you also have to go back and look and see what Brady did in New England because you have to figure that they're going to adapt it to what Tom does, which is a lot, you know, a lot uh, shorter passes, ball coming out of his hand quick, um, two tight ends doing different things like that. And so it's it's kind of a guessing game, uh, which which should be an advantage for the Bucks, you know, because there's no preseason tape. There's no, you know, sometimes with with you know, new coaching staffs, you know, you can lean on something that you see in the preseason, and you know they have variants from last year, uh, and that's it. You know, Byron Leftwich's offense, so they're they're kind of guessing. Wait a minute, but we've the got story, Kevin O'Donnell's helicopter tape. I mean, <laughs> it's true. And by the way, I've seen that helicopter fly over Raymond James when they were doing the scrimmage. I don't think it was O'Donnell's, but uh, but it was somebody's because it was annoying. And now I know how they felt at uh, Berkeley Prep. At least at least I didn't have a propeller that I was 
you know, spinning when we went out there. But be that as it may, um, the funny story that uh, that Sean Payton told was, you know, he's talking about Breeze and Brady, and you know, you got a forty-three-year-old, you know, t- uh, Tom Brady, forty-one-year-old Drew Breeze. First time two quarterbacks over the age of forty are gonna are gonna play in, a, in an NFL game, and they're not just any two; they're two of the best in the league, and and one and two on the all-time, uh, you know, career yardage and touchdowns list, and all of that. Um, so he was talking about what great shape these guys have kept themselves in and how they're sort of, you know, they're, they're trendsetters. I mean, with the nutrition, with the sleeping and the, you know, uh, avocado ice cream, whatever it is, um, they, they both work really hard on their bodies physically and they've been able to, you know, play well beyond uh, what, what any quarterbacks normally do. Now, I think the rules help them too. Um, you know, you can't hit a quarterback but in a very small strike zone. Receivers are open a lot. Um, can't hit them either. So there are some things that you know schematically that have, that have helped him. Um, but Peyton mentioned he goes, you know, I even he goes, I even got that TB12 water, you know, because it's all about his his TB12 method. And and he goes, uh, and then but the problem was when I did, he said, you know, I started getting all these emails every day, you know, from TB12 because I had I had ordered water. And so I'd wake up and I have a bunch of emails. So, so I finally asked Tom, um, you know, could you do something to to stop all these emails? Because I bought your water and now, you know, I'm getting a bunch every morning. And so after that, he said uh, the emails doubled. Uh, <laughs> he, he was now getting 15 a day. So I thought that was pretty funny that, that Brady Brady had a sense of humor and just uh, and, and put it on him and made it worse. So. Um, but it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a weird game because there won't be any fans, you know, in the, uh, in the Superdome and the Bucks have been trying to play as much annoying sound at their practices as they possibly can, I guess, um, that we haven't been able to hear, but, um, I saw Gronk but, yeah. commented on that. Yeah, Gronk did as well as singing. It's a small world for some reason. I'm not even sure how we got onto that. Well, you but, know, uh, Disney's not that far up the road. Yeah, he mentioned that. It was basically like I think somebody, you know, a gentleman or somebody let him into that. But uh but he did he did sing us a, a, a you know, he was the he was the unmasked singer this time, not the masked singer if you watch that episode with Gronk. Um who's always just a fun interview and and uh seems seems like he's ready to go and and he's looking forward to it and you know, it's a new you know, it's a new thing for him too. I mean, he spent 9 years in New England then he retired. Um, this will be the first football game he's even played. He didn't get a preseason game. He didn't get anything under his belt. So um, a lot of unknowns for him. But once the game starts, you know, he's played a lot of football. So um, we'll see how that goes. The Rays were off, by the way. Um, they start a series tonight against? The Red Sox. That dropped the Red field. Sox. Yeah. Got to get healthy a little bit. with. Well, uh, that pitching staff can allow you to get healthy. It can. You got to get the bats going again. Their magic it, number is down to what? 11? Did 11. You say? That's correct. It's crazy. So, Seems like we just started. So, two things. The Tigers, and one of the reasons their number went down to 11, is the Tigers lost today mm-hmm. 19 to nothing to the Brewers. Oof. That's particularly harsh. That wasn't the biggest margin of victory in baseball today. 19 runs was not the biggest no, margin? No. The Miami Marlins scored nine runs and okay. lost by 20. <laughs> Come on. 29, 29 to 9. I believe it was the Falcons oh over God. the Finns, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you missed extra points in that one. Um, 
29 wow. 29 to 9. They scored 11 in the second inning and then a bunch of crooked numbers for the next five innings. So in those two games you had I mean just a ton I mean just a ton of runs. You know, I'm wondering um and this happens sometimes in a 162 game season, but you know, we've seen so many injuries to pitchers during this restart. Uh, and the Rays probably lead the NL, you know lead the baseball in, in guys on the injured list from their pitching staff. I think they've had as many as twelve or so. But I'm wondering if if now the quality of arms you know that's left on uh, you know to throw at all just isn't very good, or if this is just you know you would see this over the course of 160. But no one. What what is the major league record? I mean, 29 runs has to be right there, right? I believe 30 is, but I think 29 is the modern day record. Yeah, how oh, they should have gone for it. Yeah, and here's the thing: they won twenty nine to nine, and Bryce Wilson got a save. How do you get a save when you, when you score twenty? Because one of the rules in baseball for a save is you pitch the last three innings in a win. Oh, jeez, <laughs> that's a save that's to talk when you about. win by twenty runs. That's right. <laughs> Way to hold them. Hey, hey, just get us out of the inning with twenty eight. We'll be good. Game over. And so that's what he did. Yeah, and and I last I saw the Giants were up ten nothing tonight. They're still playing, but some I lopsided it, I games of che- baseball tonight. Yeah, I haven't checked the stands. I believe the Giants are having a pretty good year. Uh, it is okay. an even number year, so usually that is the years they do well. That's usually how it works. Of course, the Dodgers I think have the best record yeah. in baseball. Yeah, the Giants are uh, twenty three and twenty one. That's a good season. That's I mean, okay for them. So if the playoffs started, they're third in their division. They'll probably make it. But they'd be the top wild card right now yeah there you go so yeah it's good for the giants and evan longoria if he's playing and if you remember there was that stretch back in 2012 2014 they won every they won the world series every even number year. every it other would, year it wouldn't yeah. make the playoffs in the odd number years right yeah it was strange <laughs> just take it off yeah. take off the odd numbers uh so yeah um well, we'll get you ready for uh, so we got a day in between before the Lightning are back in action, and then they'll the play Bucks. Friday night, and then of course we'll, Sunday we've got the triple header, sort of. Oh the, yeah, we'll talk about that. The Rays, all, the Rays at one ten, the Lightning will puck drop probably around three twenty. I'm guessing it's okay. an NBC game, and then of course the Bucks, Bucks and Saints at four twenty five. Four twenty five, so. yeah. You're going to need a couple TVs. At least. I mean, at least. I know Tom Jones can't see his from his kitchen, but you're yeah. going to need a couple. Yeah. You're going to need, and if you want the red zone on or anything like that, you're, yeah, you're definitely going to need a couple. You might need three. So you. my room would work perfectly now. Yeah. Uh, except yes. I'm not going to be here. I'm going yeah. to be in New Orleans. Yeah. Well, then I'll just go over to your house to watch. You should come on over. It's, uh, except I'll be at Emily actually doing the lightning. So. Yeah, that's true. You'll probably have a TV on over there, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Watching the box. It's, it's a smorgasbord for Tampa Bay fans. This has been. Look, other than the fact you can't go to any games because <laughs> we can't have nice things, I mean, this has been the fun—you know—the most fun year that Tampa Bay fans have had, right? I mean, look, I'll just say it: uh, I know I was on the Rays bandwagon, jumped off, broke both ankles, and now I'm riding that sucker all the way to the World Series. The Lightning are winning the Stanley Cup. There's not a better team in hockey, and I'm not sure there's one that's playing better either. And it doesn't seem to matter what happens to them. They've just, they just, it's winning time, and they find a way to win. I think you're right. You see, although I think the health of Braden Point may have some. That's going to be key. I mean, you got to stay healthy. If you lost Vasilevsky, if you lost sure, sure. Victor Hedman, I mean that. But barring barring something catastrophic, and I don't know if they could win without Braden Point. They did tonight. I don't know if they could win at all. Maybe they couldn't with, especially with Stamkos out. 
Um, well, yeah. look, I mean, you know, even if Braden Point misses the rest of this series, and we don't know, mm-hmm. we have no idea what his health is at this. They're point. capable of winning this series. The Islanders have to win four out of five to advance. Right, the math just doesn't help. You have them, to yeah. win two of the next five games. That's right. Hopefully, you you know, if you're the Lightning, you can do it sooner than that. But you've yeah. got to win two of the next five. Right. I think you could do that without Braden Point. Do you right. want to go against Vegas or Dallas, who's teams that are going to move up and down the ice a lot more and, and speed and all that's going to be a big part of that? You know, I, I think at that point, and, and you're even up, you're not two up, you're not two games up in the series like you are against the Islanders. Now, hopefully, Braden points back on, you know, the good thing is it looks like he got hurt on the last shift at, to end the first period. He then came back in the second period, took two shifts, and then, you know, just couldn't go. So right. the fact that he was able to try to come back hopefully gives you some hope that it's it's not as serious or something that's going to keep him out long term. It wasn't like he no. got hurt and they said you're done. They thought he could come back. It just it didn't work tonight. It doesn't mean two days from now it, it doesn't. I mean, you hate to say, you know, maybe it was just a concussion, right? I mean, because that's obviously can be very serious. But it looked like it looked like on one of the shifts in the second period, like he was struggling to to get over the boards. Yeah, that's, you yeah, almost right. kind of crawled over, the, which would to me wouldn't be head-wise. It would be, yeah. you know, hip yeah. or leg or knee or, you know, something along those lines. Although, you know, he did have hip surgery in the offseason. Right. So you hope it's not something related to that. But, you know, and unfortunately, you know, there'll be a media veil tomorrow most likely or today mm-hmm. for the Lightning. Today, yeah. But, you know, they'll probably be like, we don't have an update. No, you know, I mean, and with nobody at practice and everything's locked down there in the bubble, I mean, we won't know till probably game time Friday night whether he's ready to go. Right, or not. and they love that. They absolutely love that. Uh, speaking of press conferences, Tom Brady, TB twelve. Who? Tom, Tampa, Tom, Tampa, Tom, Tom, Tampa Tom. Bay. He's going to be on the podium, if you will, what we would call the podium. He's going to be on a Zoom call, but um, he's going to speak on Thursday. So today's his day. So we'll get a chance to uh, find out more about his thoughts about playing the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees um, as they uh, make history there. First of two meetings this year. First time, you know, playing for the Bucs in, in a regular season game. And there's a lot of firsts uh, that he'll have a chance to talk about. And we'll talk to offensive coordinator Todd Bowles and defensive coordinator. Did I say offensive coordinator Todd Bowles? Yeah. I got that backwards. Defensive coordinator Todd Bowles and offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. There you go. I know my coaches. Yeah. Um, so I have a chance to talk to all, all and, those guys. And we're going to do a mailbag. So. And a mailbag. Get your questions in. Yeah. That's right. It's a great reminder. We'll kind of preview lots... the football this weekend and then uh, take your mailbag questions. Yeah, we got football Friday and then, and then uh, get them in. So here's how you do it. You just uh, hit us up on Twitter, if you will, at SportsDayTB. Uh, my Twitter uh, address is uh, it's NFL Stroud, at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. So we'll have a football Friday. We'll have your mailbag questions. It's going to be a great way uh, to end the week. And then, of course, all the sports coming up. Um, really an enjoyable weekend. Even some college football mixed in there uh, with USF getting yeah, started. Yeah, USF on takes on Citadel Saturday night. So That's right. That's right. The There's Jeff Scott other. era starts. Yep. Yep, indeed. There's a few other. And the Arkansas State. Red Wolves are headed to Kansas State. That game's on Fox at 11 a.m. Got moved for all you Red Wolf fans. Yeah, the, I know we're the, all on one. The USF game's now on ESPNU. 
It was there just on go. ESPN Plus before, but now it's on ESPNU. So it's, they're moving up, good. man. Yeah, yeah good, good programming. Good programming Absolutely. for the boys. So I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. We'll, uh, of course, obviously be back tomorrow. Hope you enjoyed the lightning win as well. For Steve Bursnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 